the Greater Gallup Economic Development Corporation, recently won a gold rank for its McKinley Paper Company Expansion, a project in the category of Business Retention and Expansion Initiatives of the broader International Economic Development Council. The honor was presented recently at an award ceremony during the IEDC annual conference. This is Gallup News. I'm Bernie Dotson. We're here today speaking with Patty Patricia Lundstrom, the executive director of the Gallup Economic Development Corporation. Patty, you want to introduce yourself and just say a few words before we get started into the question and answer session regarding economic development. Well, thank you very much, Bernie, and I'd like to thank KGLP for for uh, inviting me here today. As you mentioned, my name is Patty Lundstrom. I serve as the Executive Director for the Greater Gallup Economic Development Corporation. The corporation has been in existence since 2012, and I am its first Executive Director. We have a staff of five people, and we have a board Is that full-time people or part-time and full-time or strictly full-time or part-time? No, we have um, one person that is actually an intern, one person that works 20 hours a week, and the rest are full-time. In a nutshell, because you could teach a college course about this, what is economic development in short form? Well, thanks for the question, Bernie, and that's probably the the 20 million dollar question what is economic development there's lots of there's lots of academic definitions for it but at the end of the day it's about growing the economy and it's a very strategic focused approach in how you do that Uh, economic development is a science it's about data it's about understanding your demographics. It's about understanding your labor pool. And And in in that sense, it's got some kind of spinoff or after effect with the wider state region. Absolutely, it does. I mean, economic development is a regional kind of, of work. You know, there's not, when you're talking about company recruitment and retention, particularly recruitment, it doesn't neatly fit inside a county boundary or a city boundary. It's something that goes beyond uh, beyond those geographic points of interest, and it becomes something that's more attached to a labor pool or more attached to an economic base um, asset. Okay. One of the questions I had when we spoke prior to this meeting was basically economic development and Gallup in McKinley County, which is what your organization is charged with handling economic development as it pertains to Gallup and the entire county. Generally, New Mexico is consistently the second poorest state in the U.S., and it still is, last time I checked. That's not a put-down, it's a fact. The educational attainment rate is relatively low, Unemployment is very high. With this backdrop, is it even feasible to undertake something like economic development? Along those lines, the landmass in which 
uh, taxable landmass is about 7 or 8%, which means if Company A wants to locate here, they're limited in terms of selection where they can actually locate. Is that true? Can you speak to those facts? You know, it's interesting that you, that you raise the challenges of economic development, which I think most people understand to be true. Our focus in Greater Gallup is about focusing on the assets, and those assets are about transportation. It's transportation infrastructure. It's about— That makes sense since Gallup itself was established as a railroad community. Yes, it does, and we have I-40, we have 602, and we have 491. Those transportation assets, to try to duplicate that in another community, would be millions and millions of dollars. So what our focus has been is looking at the assets, and from that, what can we, what can we use to attract economic-based employers? What that means is an economic-based employer generally make something here locally and sells it externally. The land available for, or the tax base aspect of land available for a company to relocate here to maybe build or something like that. Is it 7%? I remember reading somewhere where the taxable land base here is 7%. Doesn't that limit, just flat out limit, development of any kind. No, uh, and I'll tell you why. And I'm got, not talking just Gallup, but the broader McKinley County. We have County. several industrial sites in McKinley County. The most prominent is at the Pruitt site. That is the site of the Escalante power plant, McKinley paper, that is fed by two coal mines. That cluster is probably the largest industrial cluster we have. It represents about 15% of the county's property tax base. Mm-hmm. What Pru- we are Pru- now involved east with... East of Gallup. East of Gallup. East of Gallup. At, yes, it's east of Gallup at Peru, and it's mm-hmm. all in McKinley County. What we've been working on is redevelopment of that area since the announcement of Escalante was made to decommission that plant. Another location is the Energy Logistics Park which is just north of Gallup. The Energy Logistics Park has is an industrial site. Exactly with rail where service. is that? You said north of Gallup, north. Give me some landmarks in terms of where it is. If you go up County Road 1, which is the far west um, side it's, of the city limits, mm-hmm. and you drive about four miles, you're going to hit the industrial site. And that's not a widely used road. Um, as far as I know, there's a shooting range. There's a shooting way. range there, but mm-hmm. we have 60 coal trucks that travel that every day. Doing what, basically? They're, dump, they're hauling coal, and they are having coal actually moved from that rail loop to uh, another location outside of New Mexico. I thought coal was being phased out as, is in, it, as an energy source. It uh, is in the United States, mm-hmm. but that doesn't mean that other countries aren't interested in purchasing it. So there's activity out there right now Absolutely. that ties into economic development and what the EDC does. Absolutely. We're responsible for helping market that. We are the group that got that as a certified industrial site by BNSF. We're very, very close to the industrial development park that's happening out there. 
We're very close to the carbon coal development. This is all along Carbon Coal Road. That's a $23 million infrastructure upgrade. Mm -hmm. There is tremendous amount of activity that's happening out there. Can we say something about the local, this is not a put down, the local population and educational attainment? I mean, is there a work, an educated workforce here that can be used vis-a-vis -vis the EDC with respect to projects and so forth? Meaning, if less than half the population, hypothetically, possesses a high school degree or not even a high school degree, how does that tie into workforce development and usage and so forth? Meaning talking about an uneducated workforce really across the state because the educational attainment rate is not very high. So I could be wrong, but I read this somewhere. Education does figure into economic development, right? The number one issue in economic development today is workforce. And it's not about their education attainment. It's about finding them. And what we have... Employers, you're talking about employees. Employers, right. mm -hmm. finding employees. And part of it is, is that is the basis for workforce development programs. Uh, the GGEDC, my organization, in conjunction with the Southwest Indian Foundation, provides an industrial workforce training program. I explain a little bit in detail what that workforce aspect does. I mean, how does it, how does somebody get acquainted with it and, and so forth? The first thing it, that, that can be done is call my office at 505-722-2980, express interest in it, and you will be sent to the New Mexico Help Office, which then determines eligibility for the program. What the eligibility piece is, is around whether or not you qualify for a number of these different federal incentives to be in the program. You're then interviewed by Jeremy and others as to whether or not it's a good fit. You know, one of our best students uh, in year one actually, you know, knocked her test out out of the ballpark when she took it. Mm -hmm. And then during the entry test or exit test. Oh. It's an entry test. Okay. All students have an entry test so we know what their aptitude level is. And she knocked it out of the ballpark, high school graduate, did excellent. But in the interview, when we asked her, where do you see yourself in five years? She said she'd like to be in cosmetology. So we knew then that th this program probably is not going to be a good fit for her, but she was interested to, s to see what it was all about. Once eligibility is determined and you've gone through the interview process, everyone is required to have a drug test. Uh, once you pass the drug test, then you're put into this 10-week program and could be possibly up to t 13 weeks if you're also interested in taking the welding por portion. Mm -hmm. But what happens, it's a basic industrial trades program that gives you a good, solid background uh, that you need to know if you're going to work for any of the industries or trades in our area. Once you pass the class, then we help place you in some of our partner locations. What can be said about McKinley County's 
high unemployment rate. Statistics from the state workforce workforce office show that the county is consistently in the top five, sometimes top three, with respect to unemployment. What accounts for that, and how can that be remedied? Can it be remedied because it's been that way for so long? I think it's questionable. mm -hmm. Unemployment numbers are based on those seeking jobs. But we happen to know that in McKinley County, there are a lot of very industrious people that are involved with uh, cottage industry work that never gets reported anywhere. Uh, there's now, a, what do you mean cottage industry? Uh, Gallupin McKinley County is known as one of the most predominant areas for Indian arts and crafts. Uh, those people are self-employed. Those are people that have an income through self-employment. Those kinds of numbers are never calculated. I, I guess what I'm getting at is the bigger picture if there's high unemployment and a limited land base, some kind of way this all comes back to either you can or cannot do economic development. You seem to think that it's a challenge that can be overcome. Absolutely. The educational factor. Absolutely. Uh, the limited land mass factor and so forth. And... Um, like you said, the high unemployment rate, you know, there are reasons to explain that. I think, I think, I think the uh, piece that's important to recognize is that if you don't have enthusiasm about attracting companies, and if there's a focus only on the challenges, then you're not going to get companies. You have to have the right attitude and know what you're talking about and have the right information available and the right targets. In McKinley County and Gallup, we know who we are and we know who we aren't. We have a very strong workforce availability once training is provided. Yeah, I I guess what some people are looking for is for the Trump Foundation to come in and set up stakes and just take things take off from there. And this is not that kind of a state. I mean, I, I'm just saying Trump Foundation, meaning <laughs> big company and so forth. I mean, this is not that kind of a place where anybody foundation can come in, or is it? I mean, do you rule out somebody like a Trump Foundation coming in and setting up a big business enterprise and so forth? Well, I I need to let you and the listeners know that one of my primary objectives in my position is to get the Marathon plant up and running. Marathon oil is one of the largest industries in the country. Is that in Jamestown? Yes. Right, okay. It's one of the largest industries in the country. It has been in our area for 40 years. So I think it would be misleading to say— And closed about, can I say, four years ago or three, maybe three, maybe longer than that— it's been two years. Two years, okay. It's been two years, mm-hmm. but it has not be de- it has not been deemed de- decommissioned, and there was a tremendous amount of money that was put into that um, company before it was idled, in terms of upgrade and repair. Mm-hmm. Now I don't think companies are going to sink close to three hundred million dollars into a company to fix it and to cr- and to 
fix any um, infrastructure problems if their intention is to keep it idle. So I am working very, very hard to make sure that another company comes in and takes that that industrial site and uses it. What are the possible uses for that? Because prior it was a refining place, was it not? That means that gasoline was literally, I want to say refined and uh, something along those lines in Jamestown. Uh, what was done there and what could be done there if somebody wants to come in? It It's a refinery for the purpose of primarily making diesel fuel and airplane fuel. During the pandemic, when all the travel uh, was subsided and people weren't flying anywhere, it became obvious that small refineries like this one would be taken offline just because the entire travel industry was kaput. Now that things are picked up again and people are starting to fly and to travel, I see that the opportunity for this to come back online is being very high. And that was my next question. The impact of the COVID pandemic, what has that been on your attempts and the EDC's attempts to foster and further economic development. I mean, a coronavirus is everywhere. It's impacted every single industry, big and small. I'm sure it's imp- had some impact. Critical impact. The, I mean, mm-hmm. it shut it shut the whole state down. It shut the whole country down. And when your primary job is to go out to trade show- shows and to visit industries to come into our area and they're not allowed to travel, then we're idled. We're also idled for a year. I think it was devastating across the across the country. And that's when you recognize when you have major telecommunication challenges, when you don't have decent broadband at that point, whether it's for education or telehealth or whatever, these kinds of challenges become more prevalent when there's emergency situations. Funding. The EDC is funded the funding sources are who for the there's EDC several different funding be, sources mm-hmm, go ahead several different funding sources mm-hmm. uh we have an rfp contract with the city of gallup we are a 501c3 we are not a government agency and i need to be clear about that we are not a government agency does that mean that you're not a public agency or we're not partially a pub- mm-hmm. let me explain what mm-hmm. we are we're mm-hmm. a 501c3 and we Um, respond to the Economic Development Services RFP that the City of Gallup puts out. The last one that they did was three years ago, and we responded, and we were lucky enough to get that, that award. We also receive a very small amount of money from the State of New Mexico, it's under the LEADS grant, Mm -hmm. and that's to help offset our travel to trade shows. Right. I guess what I was thinking was because, or since that money is coming from a public source does obviously i was thinking that doesn't necessarily make the edc public but if somebody wants to view whatever they want to look at about the source of funding or what that funding is used for somebody can go in and say hey i'd like the this information or that information simply because it's comes from a public source is that right 
The way that works is if you have interest in how we spend city money, you have to get that from the city. The city is the public and piece. Not, and not the EDC. And not the EDC. And that's because um, the contract is with the city of Gallup. And I'll give you an example. When the city puts out an RFP for engineering services, mm-hmm. and uh, they award somebody for engineering services... Just because it's publicly funded doesn't mean you get to go into that engineering office and say, I need to see how you spent the money. Right. Because we go through an RFP process, and because we're a 501c3 nonprofit, Mm -hmm. we are not government. Right. And therefore... Therefore, if someone's interested in how we spend city money... And people are. That's what people have tons of questions. But what you're saying is the EDC is not the proper entity to ask those questions. No, it'd be the city of Gallup. Mm Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and and I'm sure they'd be happy to share that. Other funding sources besides the city? Are there other Uh, funding sources? Mm -hmm. uh, Tri-State Electric. Uh, We also receive some private sector funds. You know, our budget is fairly small. Uh, We also have one EDA grant that pays for the uh, workforce program. But that's through the Council of Governments that mm-hmm. is a public entity. And then we have a relationship with the, with the city on another EDA grant for autonomous vehicle uh, uh, development. So the sources run through other agencies, uh, but there's two EDA grants. There's the city of Gallup, there's Tri-State, and a very small grant from the state of New Mexico. Mm-hmm. So budget-wise, the EDC operates with a budget in the neighborhood of, can we reveal that number? or? Yeah, our, our general operating budget is about, for the fiscal year, when you're talking about staff and that kind of thing and travel and our, and our roundtable, I would say it's about 250000 a year. So... If you were to, and I know you did already, the two biggest projects going on right now would be the development out on the west side by County Road 1. Yes. And the name of that project is what? Uh, We're working very, very closely with the county, the city, and on the energy logistics park. Right. With Gallup Land Partners. We're trying to get that industrial park up and running so Rhino Health has an option to move out there. And then the other big piece in terms of inside of Gallup is an extensive review about the repurposing of the airport for autonomous vehicle testing. That's The, a, the Gallup Municipal Airport? Mm-hmm. Yes. Oh, you said autonomous? Autonomous vehicle testing. What, what is that? It's driverless vehicles, or it is... Um, <laughs> Think about no, I mean, it. I mean, the, thought. the world is changing. Well, yeah, but uh, mere thought of driverless vehicles, I, I guess, well, kind of scares some people. And, and it does, but I'm it's coming, and it's already here. Hmm. There's already testing done outside of Albuquerque. And because of our location on I-40 in, in uh, connection to the Port of Long Beach in California, we are a perfect location for testing. The importance about testing is that if there's a problem, 
that the research and development arm of whatever company it is comes out then and tries to fix it. So autonomous vehicles could be those little robots that Walmart uses in big cities to go deliver your groceries. It could be drones that are used to measure water levels in drought areas. It could be the big semis that are pl platooned with one driver and three trucks. You know, it's a whole bunch of different components that go into autonomous vehicle development. That's interesting. EDC, therefore, is making progress. I mean, economic development is not something that can be done overnight. It takes time like anything else. So people with questions should sort of pump the brakes and think about what they're asking. And, you know, if they want to know information, <clears throat> they can come to you at the EDC or someone at the EDC or go to the primary funding source, which is the city of Gallup, uh, for, info, for more detailed information and so forth. So it's not like no one isn't doing anything. So when someone asked the question, however sarcastically they ask it, where's the economic development? It's happening. It's something that cannot be done overnight. Yeah, it's, it's in the works. It's, it, it's turning, point. it's churning, and so forth. That's a very good point. And not only uh, here, I mean, throughout the state and so forth, the way it happens in Gallup and McKinley County is no different from anywhere else in the state of New Mexico. Yeah, Bernie, you made a very good point. Economic development is the long game. First, you need to know what you have to offer. There has to be a full assessment of that. Then after you have identified that, in our case it's transportation assets, you then have to start building the appropriate target industries. Then you go after them. That doesn't happen in a day or two. That is the long game and one that we uh, have invested in. We have a very strong strategic process. It's very targeted. Mm -hmm. Do you detect at times that the taxpaying public is impatient with the EDC? You know, I've never actually had anybody tell me that. Um, I've heard that through staff. A couple of my staff have come to me to say that they've gone to one of some of these volunteer committee meetings and uh, will say, gosh, Patty, a lot of people are saying that we don't do anything. And I always say I need them to come and talk to me. Mm -hmm. And I'm inviting whoever it is, if you have any concerns, my number is 722-2980. Set up an appointment, and I'll sit down and talk to you about economic development. Uh, we are also going to be hosting Economic Development 101 and everything that the EDC is working on in terms of the strategic process with city council. Mm -hmm. And that's supposed to be in late November. So I'd invite you to be there, too. Okay. The... Uh there was a recent job ad in the Albuquerque paper for an economic developer at the EDC. Has that been filled? Who filled it? And why is a developer needed? And I didn't see any advertisements in a local paper. Explain the Albuquerque outreach and so forth. Yeah, what we did on that is that I thought we were going to have a staff person that would be leaving that wasn't the case. Um, the person decided to stay, and which is great. 
Um, we use a lot of different uh, outreaches. We look for bigger, bigger media markets, and we also use Indeed for job advertising. Mm-hmm. Um, we try to use a whole bunch of different areas, you know, and uh, basically we withdrew that position. Right. As of when, if you don't mind? Oh, two months ago. Okay. Yeah. Now, you said that the EDC is focused on certain kinds of development. That means, I mean, it's this is not a retail and outreach thing to, you know, retail company A, B, and C. This is bigger than retail. Does the EDC go after or recruit retailers? I mean, Dollar General is building a new store. Yeah, Is that the EDC's end product? Is the EDC involved in recruiting, attracting the retail industry? Or, you know, something higher? Yeah, we we are re- not. Okay. We don't. We Why don't. not? I mean, that, that, that includes developments development to some degree and also jobs and so forth because what we're looking for and in our mission statement we're focused on economic based employers that is not retail Uh, retail is something that is a multiplier after you get the companies the bigger companies in place Uh, retail recruitment is left to other organizations to work on we participated in a retail study last year on some of those best targets to bring into the community. Yeah, even hotels and businesses like that, that also does not fall under the EDC's purview. Is that right? Yeah, and what ends up happening is if they come in and they ask for the information, we'll help them. Our first year in business, we were very intimately involved with uh, Spring Hill Suites Hotel and also with Panda Express on the north side. And it's because their marketing people came in to Gallup. They needed more information. We helped them find a location. So those are two examples. But we didn't, we didn't actively go out and recruit them. They happened to walk into the office. And for that matter, you would not generally go out and recruit a, re- a retailer or a restaurant uh, company or a hotel brand or something like that because the EDC doesn't do that. Yeah, that's right, Bernie. What we would do, though, if they had questions, we would help them. I mean, if they walk in the door and they need some assistance in something, certainly we would help them. But in terms of our strategic process and our mission statement, we don't go out and recruit retail. Okay, people want to know that, too. Uh, You know, there are certain kind of businesses and industries that uh, the EDC has its eye on every day and hotels and dollar stores retailers respectfully they're they're not in that purview that's correct the unemployment rate can we get back to that why is it consistently so high I mean this is obviously has little to do with the EDC but why is high unemployment seemingly characteristic of McKinley County. I mean, there's only X amount of jobs for an incredible amount of people in the county. You know, I'm going to be, I'm going to give you what my personal opinion is, and then if I needed to, I'd go back and give an analysis on this. 
I think there are some very fundamental challenges. In McKinley County you're talking about? In McKinley County when it comes to people being able to seek employment. Some of those fundamental challenges include things like reliable transportation, like readily available child care, like broadband connectivity. Um, It'd be great to be able to work from home somewhere out in the middle of the county but if you can't, if you can't um, connect to the Internet, that's impossible. If you don't have a reliable vehicle, if you don't have child care. So there's some inherent kinds of challenges uh, that some of our folks have in this county. Mm-hmm. So those and are... I'm not picking on the Navajo Nation, but I've heard that those numbers are higher as you look at you know, the Navajo Nation, I mean, lack of broadband, and so forth. You know, we have pockets. And some of the land in McKinley County is tribal land. Yes, it is. And we do have very high pockets of poverty throughout the county. That doesn't mean that they're not working on it. I know for a fact the Navajo Nation has been working very, very diligently to roll out broadband. They've done a lot of work in that area. But it's a very large piece of property just like the whole state of New Mexico. Most rural areas in the state of New Mexico are not connected. It's expensive, and people can't, you know, afford to be connected. So I wouldn't just say it's McKinley County. I, as a legislator, have seen that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I have seen the whole... Yeah, by the re- way, you are the state rep representative for Gallup and McKinley County in the New Mexico State House of Representatives. Mm-hmm. So I see a lot of what's happening in other parts of the state. And our number one issue during the last session was this whole issue around broadband. Because so many of the rural areas just simply don't have it. So their kids couldn't get connected. You know, the people out there, their kids couldn't get connected for, for going to school. That whole virtual learning piece uh, seemed to not work very well. So I don't think it's just in McKinley County you have these challenges, but you have them throughout the state. Do political obstacles exist for the EDC? I mean, if you want this done and that done, this project to get past hurdles, I mean, you have to correspond with the city, maybe the county, and so forth. What obstacles do you at times face, and and how do you get around them? Well, I've been here a long, long time, and as you mentioned, I'm elected official also. So I've got a good working relationship. Yeah, since, since 2001, I may add. Yes, I've been there a long time, mm-hmm. and I have Actually, a Actually, good... you are the longest-serving representative, representative. In northwest New Mexico. Okay. And I was going to say the entire I'm... legislature, but there's someone else who holds that distinction. Yeah, I, I'm number three in seniority in the New Mexico House. Right. So that's a long time. And I've got a lot of good... Mm-hmm. Re- and you also sit on the finance committee, legislative finance committee, is that right? I'm the chairman. Chairman, okay. I'm the chairman of the finance committee. Mm-hmm. Which helps. It helps. respect the, okay. And I, I just feel that my relationship with the local elected officials and tribal officials is very good. I'll tell you where I think the challenges are. The challenges are, I think, impatience of the public. The public thinks because there's been an investment in our organization that tomorrow 
they should see an immediate uh, uh, reaction. In other words, there should be something immediately brought into the community. Right, almost a complete turnaround of what, what's you know in place, what the reality is now. Exactly. They, they want to see something. Tomorrow. Right. And my attitude about that is, is come down to my office, talk to me about it, and I'm going to talk to you about how this process works. Which is not simple. I mean, college classes, graduate courses are taught on stuff like this. And I teach that. I am a uh, instructor. Mm -hmm. Here here or someplace at UNM Gallup? Uh, No, it is through Western University. Mm -hmm. I'm an instructor on this stuff, just so folks understand that it is a complicated process. And you are not a novice at it. You have years of And neither is my deputy director, Michael Sage. Mike and I are both certified economic developers. Mm -hmm. What can the common man and women do collectively and individually to improve the economic development scenario in McKinley County? I I don't know if that's a fair question. I mean, what can so-and-so out there right now do to better things in the big picture? I think if you are uh, an adult and you have children in school or school-age kids, is to make sure that you pay attention to the quality of their education. I think you'd mentioned early on we have a high dropout rate and unemployment rate. Some of that is the whole challenge around, uh, you know, parental parental involvement in their kids' education. I think that's very important. I think it's important to be involved because that is the workforce of the future. We want to make sure that they stay here and that they are able to find a good job here. I also think it's important to understand the big picture. And there are some who are not staying here. That's correct. Which means, you know, you're losing so-and-so who is a statistic who can count toward employment. Yeah, what we're, what's happened is our best and brightest tend to leave after they're educated because they don't see a pathway, you know, here in, here in the area. I've heard that often. I think what John Q. Citizen can do, though, is to become involved. You know, I, I, I don't think it's uh, fair to blame organizations if they're not meeting your expectation if I don't know what your expectation is. So, you know, you've, you've said or re- referred a couple times that people are asking, well, they're not asking me. And the problem with that is, is I don't have an opportunity to respond unless I'm on shows like this one. And that's why I appreciate you inviting me. Mm, thank you. Is there a lack of infrastructure and a lack of a trained workforce? Can you speak to that for us? We do have a lack of infrastructure. That means the uh, necessary underground piping and... Yeah, where our infrastructure is lacking is we need build-out on things like wastewater pipes. We need build-out on water. Navajo Gallup has been delayed. The biggest water project in the country has now been delayed by the federal government, so we have to drill more wells to provide uh, water for our community. Nobody ever pictured that. I never pictured that in 2012 when I took over over economic development. The coronavirus had, an, had a big say-so 
in that. Is that right? Um, I think it is <coughs> lack of money at the federal level mm-hmm. is what happened. So we need water lines. We need sewer lines. We need broadband. We need utility extensions. So you're right. We do need more infrastructure. Workforce. I mean, is there a problem with the current workforce? I think the problem... Are they as educated as they need to be? Are they as qualified and ready as they need to be? I don't think so. I think that we have room for growth in that. I think we need to have, particularly out of this institution where we're uh, in this program today, there needs to be far more programs offered, far more outreach, far more collaboration with industry than what I've seen. And going back to what you said in the beginning, economic development is the long game with many unforeseen obstacles. Correct. You just can't do something like massive, low-scale or high-scale development overnight. It takes time, and there are a variety of variables that figure into it. Correct. Some things are outside a community's control. Uh, Jeremy Boucher, again, what's his focus and how does he, there's obviously a direct relationship between what Jeremy does and what the EDC does. Again, in short, what does Jeremy do and what is the workforce element, development aspect of this that he's involved in? We have a EDA grant for the purpose of training people in the area for the industrial arts so they could be placed in some of our industries. He is our trainer. We are under contract. We've contracted with him to provide the training for that curriculum. And he works for the Southwest Indian Foundation. Yes, he does. Okay. Um, Patty, it was nice talking to you. Can you state some closing words as far as economic development goes and where we are now and where we go from here, coronavirus tinged and everything. Thank you, Bernie, again for inviting me. I think it's these kind of programs are incredibly important for the public to know what's going on. The EDC is a traditional economic development organization. We focus on recruitment, retention and expansion of economic-based employers. That's your big industrial employers. That's the biggest bang for the buck when it comes to the resources available to us. We've got a very small staff, and we've got a 100% private sector board. There's 250 There's a board of directors that you answer to. Yes. And how many people are on that board? Six. Six. And between all of them, there's about 250 years of business experience. So they understand business and they provided some great guidance. But again, I'd welcome folks to give me a call. Anybody, the common person or of course. whoever you are out yeah, there. Yeah, I, I don't mind, you know, visiting with folks. And I'll talk about our mission statement. I'll talk about what I can, you know, some of the things that we're working on. We do have... Right, so there are naysayers out there. I mean, naysayers who who just don't know the reality of... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, like I said... To I, some degree. I haven't heard them specifically, <coughs> uh, 
but I think you're telling me in code some way that there are. (laughs) And if they are, let's bring them in. Right. Okay. Patty, thanks. Thank you very much. And this has been very informative. KGLP 91.7. Thank you.